Thank you for joining us for today's message. We are so encouraged to know that God is using the ocean to impact your life through the ministry of the word. Knowing that your life is being transformed is exactly why we exist. As our vision says, we exist to know Jesus and make him known. So sit back, relax, and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to your life through this message. Today is Mother's Day, and it is a day for me that for the last nine years has brought a little bit of uh, mixed emotions. Uh, my mom passed away nine years ago, and like many of you in the room, uh, Mother's Day can come with mixed emotions uh, when we don't have the opportunity to pick up the phone, walk down the hallway say Happy Mother's Day. Uh, but this day is always good for me because I get the opportunity to be thankful for my mom. But when it comes to your mom this morning, what do you think about? When you think about your mom, what word comes to mind? Maybe it's one of the words that were on the video. Maybe it's wisdom. Maybe it's wisdom. Maybe when you think about your mom, you think about character, maybe patience. For some of you, it could be strength, compassion, diligence, beauty, unconditional love. For some, maybe it's godliness. For some, it's humor. For me, when I think about my mom, there's one word that always comes to mind. It's the word legacy. I think about the word legacy. This morning, we're going to honor all the moms in the house. We're going to celebrate you. But I want to talk for just a moment about a mother's legacy. A mother's legacy. When we think about the word legacy, we, we realize that it's, it's something that's transmitted by or received from an ancestor or predecessor from the past. Those things that get handed down from one generation to the next generation. When I think about my mom, I think about her legacy. My mom was an amazing woman. She was not a very big woman. In fact, she was very petite. Some would have called her tiny. Uh, she was a small lady. And uh, small in stature, big in character. I miss my mom. But when I look in the mirror, I see a lot of her. I am who I am today because of my mom. And when I see this video and I read those words, I think about mom and all of those things that, that she had inside of her. Lord knows it took a lot of wisdom to raise me. You can laugh, it's okay. <laughs> it took more patience than it did wisdom. Lots of strength. 
Lord knows I challenged her often. I'll never forget the day I was in seventh grade and I got in trouble and mom came to my bedroom to spank me. Seventh grade, that's like 12 or 13 years old. And, you know, at 12 or 13, little boys rule the world, right? We got all the answers. You can't tell me nothing. I'm almost a teenager. And I was getting bigger. I was taller than mom. Mom thought she was going to get me. She came in, grabbed one of my dad's belts. That means business. And she proceeded to spank me. And for whatever reason, Lord, I don't know. I will just say it was Satan. (laughs) I started laughing at my mother. Not out of disrespect. Anybody just start laughing and you can't stop? And this is one of those moments. <laughs> She's spanking me and I'm laughing. She, Are you laughing at me? No, I'm not laughing at you, Mom. I'm really not. It's not you. Whack. <laughs> I just kept laughing. Whack. And I'm laughing. Whack. And I couldn't stop. I said, I'm sorry, Mom. It's not you, I promise. I said, it just doesn't hurt. <laughs> She goes, when your dad gets home, it's going to hurt. And I'm like, ain't no laughing now. Man, I drove that woman. I know I did. But I am who I am today because of my mom. And when I think about my mom, I think about her legacy. I go back to the day that I was blessed enough to officiate her funeral. Well, that's difficult. To be the one who says the final words over your parents. Because I'm, I'm the second born child. I'm the baby of the family. My brother's older than I am. And I know that culturally here, the older sibling is the one who kind of takes over. But in our family, it didn't work that way. Uh, not because there's something wrong with my brother. He just, he doesn't deal with these kind of things very well. And I was already pastoring. And so it was, just seemed like the right thing to do for me to officiate mom's funeral. Uh, so I did, and I remember preparing for her funeral and thinking, what in the world am I going to say about mom? And will I have the strength to talk about mom? So my mom used to have this picture that hung on the wall in the house, and I remember it every time I went to the house, and it became kind of a popular phrase a few years ago, and it just simply three words. It says, live, laugh, and love. And the reality is those three words really summed up who my mom was. My mom loved to live. She lived life to the fullest. She came from nothing. A single parent home her whole life growing up. Through the the late 40s and the 50s. An alcoholic father who was abusive to her left them when my mom was sick, so she grew up with her mom, and they worked hard. My mom worked as a child. My mom worked as a teenager, and she she came from nothing, and my parents, we weren't a well-to-do family. We didn't have a lot of money. In fact, both of my parents worked when I grew up. My mama didn't stay home. She worked 40 hours a week plus. My brother and I were what we call latchkey kids in America. 
kind of kids who mom and dad leave and go to work and leave the key for the house with you because you come home before they do. So they labeled those kids latchkey kids. It was a time in America when it became popular for women to go to work. And so they labeled those kids whose mom and dads both went to work latchkey kids. And that's what me and my brother were. My mom would wake me up in the morning, Jimmy Don, Jimmy Don, and she always tickled my feet. Dad gummit. If I didn't wake up, she tickled my feet. And I always got so frustrated. Just don't tickle me, Mom. I'm going to get up. Just leave me alone. I just tickle my feet. Say, Jimmy Don, get up. I'm going to work. You got to get up. And I'd get up, and I'd take a shower, and I'd get ready for school. And I'd leave for school at about 7.30 in the morning. But Mom would always call me as soon as she got to work. About 7.15, 7.20, that phone would ring because she left the house at 6.30 every morning. Her and dad would walk out the door together. But she'd call me to make sure I was up, but also to make sure I was okay. And I knew that because my mom didn't just live life to the fullest. She loved like nobody's business. She was a loving mom. She was a giving mom. She loved people. Her love language was food. If you came to my house for a meal and you left hungry, that was your fault because mama made enough for everybody to have seconds or thirds. Mama loved people. Mama was a giver. She would give anybody who had a need. My mama would give to help. She would give everything. In fact, <laughs> About a month before my father passed away, he set me and my brother down in the living room and said, boys, I need to talk to you. Yes, sir. So I need to talk to you about your mama. All right. You need to be sure that when I'm gone, you watch your mama closely. All right? Because if you don't, she's going to give away every penny she owns to people, and she's going to be broke and not have anywhere to live. Because he knew mama was a giver. My mama loved to live. And she loved to laugh. She was fun. Mama was fun. My mama was a sports fan. My mama was a sports fan. And we didn't have no professional sports where I grew up in Oklahoma. But we had college teams. My mama was a college football fan, American football. She loved her some University of Oklahoma Sooners. I mean, it was everything to her. In fact, when we buried mama, we buried her in a red casket with OU stickers all over it because that's what she wanted. She loved her some football. And there is nobody on planet Earth who loved Christmas like my mama. I mean, from the time December 1 hit, Mama was decorating, Christmas music was playing, and my Mama loved her some Christmas. And Christmas Eve, oh, my stars. Our house at Christmas Eve was so fun because Mama just had a blast. She made it fun. Mama liked to live. Mama loved to laugh. And she likes to love.
I see a lot of my mama, not only in me, but in my kids. Her legacy continues to live on in my children. My mom was determined. And when I think of my daughter, I see determination. I see my mama in Caitlin. When I look at Braden, I, I, see, I see the discipline and the soft heart. My oldest son is the most caring kid in all the world. But when I see Barrett, my youngest, I see my mama. Because that boy gets the most out of every day possible. He ain't nothing but a party with legs on. <laughs> that boy is a party with legs. And he is fun all the time. I don't think there is any time I've spent with Barrett more than 15 minutes that I ain't laughing my head off because that dude's just fun. He's like his grandma. He gets the most out of every day. And when I think about my mom, I think about her legacy, how she loved to live, how she loved to laugh, and how she loved to love. I am who I am today because of my mama. I miss my mama. I want to talk to you moms today as a pastor. I want to look at you and share my heart with you as, as your pastor. And I want to talk to you about a mother's legacy and the importance of a mother's legacy to their children. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1, I'm going to read all the way to verse 5 this morning. This is the Apostle Paul who is writing a letter to young Timothy. Okay, Paul wrote a letter to young Timothy. For some of you this morning, some of you young men out there, you received kind of a little bit of the same thing in person as one of our elders, Eric, shared some pretty big wisdom with us today, amen? amen? Shared some great wisdom about marriage, and we got to hear that. Well, well, what we see here in, in 2 Timothy is Paul is writing a letter to young Timothy, his protege. And this is how he starts. He says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God in keeping with the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dear son, Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. Verse 3 says, I thank God whom I serve as my ancestors did with a clear conscience. As night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I might be filled with joy. I love this next line. Reminded of your Sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother, Lois, and in your mother, Eunice. And I am persuaded, now lives in you. Legacy. Paul has noticed the legacy of faith that Timothy possessed. Not just any simple faith. The Bible calls it a sincere 
faith. It's a real faith. It's a legitimate faith. Paul recognized that it didn't just start with Timothy, but it started with his grandmother. And that faith was passed on to his mother, which was then passed on to Timothy. This, ladies and gentlemen, we would call a legacy of faith. Timothy was living a legacy. It started with his grandmother, passed on to his mother, and now to him. This morning, I want to talk to you about your legacy. Mom, what kind of legacy are you handing to your children? What kind of legacy are you passing down to the next generation? What kind of legacy? When it comes to legacy, there are five keys that are important to our legacy. Number one is love. If we're going to live a legacy in front of our children, we must be willing to love. Now, love is not something that we tell. Love is something that we show. Love is a verb. Love is a verb. Now, my mom, she may be gone, but I am blessed to live with an incredible mom in my house. I think I live with the best mom in all the world. My wife is a fantastic mother. She is solid. Look at your neighbor and say, solid. She loves our kiddos like nobody's business. Love. It's a, it's, a, it's a kind of love that's talked about in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. A love that is patient. A love that is kind. A love that does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It's a mother's love. It's a mother's love. Can you go to the next slide? Follow with me. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. That sounds like a mother's love. When I think of that word persevere, all I do is think about laundry in my house. My poor wife has to persevere through laundry. Anybody got any boy divas at your house? I mean, my boys change clothes two or three times a day. It's so ridiculous. Boy divas. I don't understand them. But they will pile up laundry worse than their sister. When I think about perseverance, I think about laundry. Mama got to deal with a lot of laundry. Mama got to deal with a lot of laundry. 
But she does what she does because she loves. Because she loves. A mama's legacy starts with love. The second thing is legacy requires time. Time, intentionality. I firmly believe that the faith of Timothy was not, was not given to him through osmosis. He didn't just pick up on his mama's faith because it was his mama. I believe that he spent time with his mama. I believe he had mama time. How many of you guys out there have had mama time? I had mama time. My mama time was Saturday mornings. Every Saturday morning was mama time. I got up out of bed, 6.30 every Saturday, because I knew mama was going to the store. <laughs> because Saturday was shopping day. She worked every other day of the week, so Saturday was the day that she went to the grocery store. And I wanted mama time at the grocery store. And so I get up at 6.30 every morning. Me and mama would leave the house at 6.45, and the first place we would go was to the bank. Because that's where you go to deposit your check, you so we'd go to the bank. And me and Mama would have Saturday morning discussions about school, about life. Just me and Mama time. But we'd get to the bank. The bank was cool because you go to the bank, and we were always there before it opened, so we waited for them to open the drive through bank. And, and the ladies in the bank were always looking in the car. Because if you went to the bank and you were a kid, you got a free sucker. And my mom would always ask me, what kind do you want? I'd tell her, and I'd get a sucker, and we'd leave the bank, and we'd go to the grocery store from there, and I'd be all happy at Saturday morning at 7 o'clock eating candy with my mama oh, yeah. at 7 in the morning. That was my breakfast appetizer, a sucker from the bank. And we'd get to the grocery store, pull in that parking lot, and guarantee every Saturday morning you step out of that car, Take a big, deep breath and big whiff of that air. You know what you smell every Saturday morning? <gasps> Donuts. <laughs> every Saturday morning. Guaranteed to be donuts at the grocery store. And the first place I would go when we walked into that grocery store, first we'd turn in the Pepsi bottles because back then in America you'd take your glass bottles back and you'd get money for it. So we'd turn in them Pepsi bottles, and that was my candy money. I'd walk right back to the bakery, and I'd take my little head, and I'd put it over the counter, and I'd watch those guys frying them donuts in that oil, the big old vat. they just flipping them donuts over, and I'm like, <sighs> and they knew me because I was there every Saturday. There's nobody at the grocery store at 7 o'clock but me and my mama. And I'm just looking back there, and they're making them donuts first thing in the morning. And then came the good part. They'd take those donuts out with a big, long stick, and they'd put them on those trays, you know, and start cooling off. And all of a sudden, here came the good stuff, the icing, the glaze. And they'd take that sugar stuff, and they'd pour it all over those donuts. And they'd look back at me and smile, because they knew I was, just, <laughs> I was just waiting for a donut. And I always got a free donut every Saturday. Mama time. And I'd eat my donut. I'd be walking down the aisles with the napkin and the donut looking for mom. Mama time. And that was our time. 
It's so important for moms to spend time with your kids. And I know in a culture where it's not always that way, when something that, that I have conversations with about ladies in, in Africa is about the whole idea of having a dada in your home that takes your kid here, takes your kids there, picks your kids up from school or, or does this or prepares meals for you or cleans your house or does your laundry. We, there ain't no dadas in America. My mama did it all from sunup to sundown. Who washed the clothes? My mama. Who cooked the meals? My mama. Who took us to school when she could? My mama. Who put us to bed? My mama. Who did everything? Mama. Everything. Mama. Giving her time for her children. And then she'd spend time. She'd spend time. I don't know how she did it. I think she had 28 hours in her day. Somehow she did it. Love, time, intentionality. She did things on purpose. She lived with the end in mind because she knew one day we wouldn't be there anymore. Time flies. Time flies. Listening to Eric and Vivian this morning and Priscilla and I kind of walking through the same thing as many of you have today. Mamas, you know your kids aren't there forever. One day they leave home. So you got to be intentional. Any of your parents ever ask yourself when your parents, when your, when your children leave, man, did I say enough? Did I teach enough? Did I show them enough? Intentionality. Why? Because time flies, mama. Time flies. Love, time, intentionality, sacrifice. Being a mom requires sacrifice. I know how much my mama sacrificed for me. I know the many things she said no to so she could say yes for me. Sacrifice. Every mom in this place knows what it means to sacrifice. I'm sure of it. We sacrifice at our home all the time. In fact, even last night, let me tell you about a small sacrifice. Last night, I, I was in the kitchen after dinner, and I had been out of town for a week in Arusha the week before, and I had bought me some snacks to take with me because I was in meetings all day. And the only way I stay awake in meetings is, you know, a little snack here, a little snack there. Got to have a sugar rush about every hour and a half or I go to sleep. So I didn't eat it all. I brought some home, and I brought them down to the kitchen yesterday afternoon, and Priscilla had put them up. And uh, my kids eat like horses. My boys, they eat all day long, every day, 10 times on Sunday. I mean, they just eat. They're hogs. Uh, in my house, nothing lasts for long, okay? And it's true. <laughs> yesterday, after dinner, Priscilla had put some of my stuff up, and I had bought some candy bars. I like chocolate. I bought some Almond Joy candy bars. They had them at Shoppers. They're kind of like Bounty. Uh, and I had bought, they had a pack of like six little bitty ones. And they're great for taking the meetings because you don't have to take a huge one. You just take a little one. And there's like two left. Mom had put them in the freezer. I thought about them bad boys all day long. <laughs> I was going to eat them after dinner. Figure if I save them to the end of the day, they taste better. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I ain't got very many, so I'm going to save them to the end of the day. So in my mind, I'm thinking, man, that, that candy bar is going to be good. 
But we were in the kitchen last night after dinner. Barrett's rummaging through the fridge looking for his dessert, whatever that might be. Dad! What? Can I have this almond joy? Excuse me, what? <laughs> Dad, can I have this almond joy? Stuck with the question. Do I or do I not sacrifice my almond joy for my son? Of course you do. Absolutely you can have it. Absolutely. That's not really a sacrifice, but it is a mentality that I have. If you come to my house and you sit at my table, you will notice in my family I'm the last one to be served. My wife and my children will be served first, and I'll be served last. It's not me. I'm trying to teach my boys how to treat their family. I want my daughter to know how her husband's supposed to treat her. Sacrifice. And if that boy don't sacrifice for her, he will become a sacrifice. I am not afraid to go Abraham on that boy, whoever he is. <laughs> Sacrifice. Mamas make them all the time. It's part of your legacy. It may hurt now, but it will make sense later. And the last one is simply this. <laughs> there's love, there's time, intentionality, sacrifice, and the last thing is prayer. Nothing more powerful than a mama's prayer. The prayer of a praying mom is so powerful. So moms, let me ask you, what kind of legacy are you leaving? What kind of legacy are you handing down to your children? Paul said, Timothy, I am reminded of your sincere faith that once existed in your grandmother and then to your mother, and I am convinced now lives in you. What is it? that people will say, moms, about your children when they look at them. Say, ha, I remember this about your mom, and I see now that it lives in you. And I'll close with this. The greatest thing you'll give your children is your faith. The greatest legacy you will leave with your children is your faith. It's not money. It's not education. It's your faith. It's not an inheritance. It's not stuff. It's Jesus. Money will be spent. Stuff will fade away. An education may fail you, but Jesus will never fail them. And the one thing they need from mom is to know how to pray. It's Jesus. If you don't have anything else to give them, give them Jesus. It's the one thing that will last forever. Moms, those of you that are here today, thank you for being you. Thank you for being mom. Thank you for living, for laughing, for loving. Thanks for all that you do.